0: Welcome, friends, to season four of the Protect Your Knockin' podcast. We're so glad you're with us. For this season, we're going to be talking about nourishment and food cults. You know, we started with season one when we talked about a lot of the theoretical aspects of things. We talked about our own backstory. We talked about why we needed to confront these religious wolves and other manipulators in our lives. And then we kind of unpacked the theoretical ways in which manipulation can happen and the ways in which communities of faith often perpetuate abusive behaviors, not necessarily because they're uh, malicious, but because there is a need for us to preserve the reputation of our communities and our movements. and, And sometimes because of that very fact, people get hurt in the process. And then in season two, we talked about the ways in which Surprisingly, the teachings of Jesus are sometimes our best remedy as we're trying to, uh, you know, address what ails us in, in fact, religious communities that come at us in the name of Jesus. Then, first season three, we talked about the Tao Te Ching as a way for us to think about life and spirituality and find centering even if we've just come out of a bad religious relationship. We are going to continue, uh, especially with Stacy's, uh, you know, little... Uh, Reflections on chapters of the Tao Te Ching that we are continuing to interpret, and hopefully, we'll be getting out there to you soon in its final form. But for this show, we wanted to not just be focusing on the negative stuff. You know, there's a song that's been ringing in my mind as we've been driving up the Pacific Coast Highway Uh, I'm not going to be chanting down Babylon, I want to chant up Zion. Mm -hmm. And it's really You know, about this idea that instead of complaining about all of the wicked forces in the world, sometimes the most effective thing is to model and to promote the good stuff. And that's where we ended last season, last episode. We were talking about repairing the world, going and doing something positive to romance people into something beautiful. That's really what the theme is. We are going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about people that we met in the food process. And I mean, everything from farming... To The stuff that comes to a table in unique little restaurants that we're going to be visiting all the way up into Oregon and maybe beyond from our starting point in Southern California and uh, But most importantly we're going to talk about nourishment both in the the physical concrete and literal sense food and Beverages and things we consume But we're also going to talk about ways that we can consume things in a figurative sense that are going to make us healthier um, more productive And we're gonna talk about the spirituality of food and the things that we put into our bodies. We'll talk a little bit about this season, the ways in which religions have often been tied to diet. And we're gonna talk about cults or cult-like behavior related to uncritical thinking related to food, sometimes unscientific ideas about food and how to disentangle ourselves from that so we can find the stuff that really will bring us health and flourishing. And we're hopeful that you will stick with us and enjoy this ride along with us as we are on a road trip like we do. And uh, we're coming to you from our mobile studio in St. George, our Lance truck camper mounted on a Ford F-350, our, our old 1995 four-wheel drive truck. And uh, we kind of think of you as being along for the ride. Thanks for being with us. As always, let's go. Right, right. Hey, stacy so where are we right now
1: so we are on top of Stacy, A hill, you know, like, I guess, you know, I know the difference now between mountains and hills when we were living in Colorado, and I would say this definitely probably qualifies as a hill, but we are very high up.
0: Great view. (laughs)
1: An awesome view of this whole valley down below us, and we just visited an olive oil place. So we are at 43 Ranch Olive Oil.
0: Right off the 101, we took a little detour inland to be able to hit this spot. We've been on the Pacific Coast Highway, came in a little bit. That was nice really amazing i am holding in my hands extra virgin olive oil picual is the uh, is the variety of olives and we did a tasting and i was shocked <laughs> that i'd never tasted olive oil really
1: right that's what we i that's what i learned i learned that i had never really tasted good olive oil.
0: We certainly hadn't understood it.
1: And yes, and so this was our first tasting. And then we we learned some things. We learned that, especially for an extra virgin olive oil, that there are sort of like three waves of flavor that when you take a a taste of the the olive oil that you should find. And the first one is sort of like a, a, well, you smell it, right? And then there's like a fruitiness. Smelled like,
0: like, Fresh cut grass. right? And so they said
1: in the the olive world, um, fruit is, you know, it's a broader uh, definition. So it's like grass and leaves and things like that, you know, so it can, you know, it's not just... Botanical
0: type smells. (laughs) Right,
1: right. And and so the first, you know, smell and taste will be kind of that fruitiness, then kind of comes in a little bit of like a, like a, a bitter, you know, a little bit of a bitterness and then last with a, you know, ends with a pungent. You know, like a peppery kind yeah, of. Yeah,
0: like a nasturtium. <laughs> yeah. And you were kind of coughing. Like, you not I didn't not expect, expect it that. at yeah. all.
1: And, and it, yeah, it really, you know, hit me. So I, I thought, you know, here, I, I, you know, I can't handle it or something. He's like, no, actually, you'd be a, a, you know, you might be a really good, uh, one of the, the tasters, the people that actually are supposed to certify, essentially, whether, you know, it's my wording, but whatever the process is called, for them to, you know, be, get the extra virgin olive oil extra category. Extra virgin. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. And the, uh, the 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 thing that came to my mind as we were tasting it, though, was a famous picture of the three Chinese sages. In Chinese religion, or really in Chinese culture, historically, there's talk of this idea that really, in China, you've got three quote-unquote religions. They're really ways of life philosophies that have religious elements, but it's Buddhism, Confucianism, and Taoism. And... So there's this picture of the three representatives of these traditions, Confucius, Lao Tzu, and Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha. And they're all sitting around a a vat of vinegar, and it's called the vinegar tasters. So Confucius tastes from this vat and experiences it as sour. Buddha tastes it, and experiences it as bitter. And then Lao Tzu tastes it and he smiles and he sees it as sweet. Hmm. It's the same thing, but they all respond to it in these different ways. It's very fascinating. Yeah, And it's an, I think it's an important aspect of spirituality in general to be able to understand why. Why it is that these three cats were seeing it in different ways. Confucianism sees it as sour because... It's this kind of allegory of of culture not uh, not being comfortable with things changing in the wrong direction, right? Confucianism is very much about traditional roles, and so you've got wine that's gone bad, mm-hmm. and now it's vinegar, so it's sour. This is and there's like a grimace. Uh, this is no good. Buddha is experiencing it as vinegar, or uh, experiencing the vinegar as bitter, because this represents this idea of of the Buddha seeing the world as filled with suffering. And so the basic principle of Buddhism is that the world is filled with suffering. We need to detach ourselves from this world because of this suffering, and therefore we will avoid that pain of the world. But Lao Tzu tastes it and experiences it as sweet. Do you know why? Why? Because that's what vinegar is supposed to taste like. Not sweet, but it tastes like vinegar. And the principle of Lao Tzu is that when things are doing their natural work, that's what's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I just I was confused as to why maybe the sweet would come across because I've never really experienced vinegar. Well you know it's a
0: picture. So I think sweet might be, you know, a word that's that's not necessary. He smiles. It's it's good. He tastes it as pleasant.
1: And that's one thing I've noticed too. So okay. So we're talking about with some of the food stuff and that we'll we'll talk a little bit more about um you know sort of some of the vegan experience that we've had recently. We'll get to
0: that. People are freaking out Allison <laughs> and Stacy going
1: yeah. vegan. But well, it Ish. sort of yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that. <laughs> um, but I, I will say that when I am tasting something new of anything really uh, but I've been experiencing a lot of new flavors right now when, you know, we have been exploring some of this vegan food.
0: Not as weird as our trip to China <laughs> with the kids when we had a contest to see how many outrageously weird foods we could eat.
1: This right. was... But I realized that Timber. when I take a taste of something and I'm comparing it or expecting it to be like something else, yes. is when I always view it as less than or, you know, like it's, it's like there's something that. Because it doesn't measure up to that thing. And so one of the things that I don't, you know, sometimes I don't appreciate is, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, like you worry that like cheese, for instance, like if it's vegan cheese, is it going to, you know, taste exactly like your regular cheese? No, you know, it really isn't. But can you just take a taste of something and accept it on its own merits and sort of drop some of your preconceived ideas to explore what that food is and what it has to offer for the thing that it is instead of how does it measure up to something else?
0: This is therefore friends, as you can probably already see, The reason why we care about this conversation about spirituality and food, because if you can come to terms with food on its own terms, right, like as it is, then you can also understand how to treat people and yourself and the world as it is. This is that curious uh, line that we were looking at uh, or set of lines in the Tao Te Ching where Lao Tzu says, you know, understand the family through the family understand the nation through the nation. That is, don't be judging it according to some abstract template. Judge things according to what they are in their context, in their culture, mm-hmm. in their place. And understanding the beauty of letting things kind of flourish in their own way, right? Now, you, you mentioned uh, that uh, that you prefer not to have... F- vegan foods that are imitation of some other food. And I think that's right, mm-hmm. although we had a very nice lunch at a Ziggy's Cafe in San Luis Obispo and they uh, they had some really tasty f- fried fake chicken, <laughs> you know, <laughs> imitation chicken or chicken replacement um, sandwich that I had. I love that. You had... Uh...
1: I had their, their burger, which was a black bean patty uh, and it had, I think, arugula and, you know, some some kind of cheese. Very satisfying. Right. And then like some crispy onion things on top. And it was, it was, it was really yummy. It was very flavorful. There's some pickles and stuff. And, and, you know, it was really, it was really good. Uh, I also, I don't really have a problem. That's like a black bean burger. And it had, you know, it was made with other veggies as well. You right. know, so it's a mixture of things. Um, uh, a, like a veggie patty like that with other flavorings, I, you know, I've never really. I've always sort of not had that temptation to compare it against, say, a meat burger. It's a right? black bean burger. <laughs> now so the, you,
0: you didn't get the Impossible Burger. Right. So
1: the Impossible Burger would, you know, that's something, you know, where you kind of would see more of that comparison. And and and, and to be honest, I actually, I mean, I like all of the... The new
0: ones, yeah. The, yeah Beyond yeah, and, right. and Impossible. Be, yeah. I
1: like those, the taste of those. I don't usually try to rely on that because, again, you know, my goal... So <clears throat> we talk about um, sort of vegetarianism versus vegan, one of the reasons, so I am weighing heavier into the vegan side of things because I'm not going to go completely vegan. And definitely if, if we're around somebody and they're already offering us something, you know, that is even has meat or whatever, I will eat that. We're
0: we're not going to (laughs) increase the intake of, of different kinds of foods, but we're not going to be so pure and holy that we're not going to just Make it easy on our hosts, right? And and so,
1: right, and so when we're choosing for ourselves what we're eating, then we're going to be, you know, very mindful of that. And uh, you know, for the most part, I will be, you know, choosing all of the vegan options. I say that with a caveat in that I also will still sometimes, you know, throw in some eggs. Um, You know, I, I, even though we do have the vegan butter, there might be a. something i order that it won't be the vegan butter and by the way the vegan butter pretty good the one that we got is pretty darn good (laughs) i don't really notice or miss anything um you know from it but but i will say that i know sometimes like my body also is like i know we're trying to you know we get protein in all sorts of different ways but sometimes just that like hard-boiled egg even does a lot for me to just like feel that you know something that I feel like is you're a making bit sure you're missing. getting everything, mm-hmm. but we
0: are taking our supplements, and yeah. we're really, really being eclectic in the sorts of things we're eating. So we're trying to cover all our bases by not just having one go-to. You know. Uh, vegan mac and cheese, or something. Yeah. If we just well, did and that all and, a
1: and that's the other thing too is that if I if I tell myself that I'm just strictly going vegetarian, I know myself, and I know that I would start choosing all of the cheesy, creamy pastas, eggs and, Benedict for me every time, <laughs> nachos, you know. And so I won't like I know I won't push myself out of you know my comfort zone enough to right. explore some of these other flavors and. To be honest, I, I will say that I know for myself that I've gotten into a bit of a, a food rut and that we were so busy, especially, you know, towards the end of the semester and everything and even just getting ready for the road. And I feel like it's very easy for me to just go to my go-tos, you know, and quickly make a pasta or, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just some, just some of those, you know, like a sandwich real fast or whatever and not really have the time or, you know, or really try to even think you know, creatively about you know some of my food and my meals. I'm, i always love to go to my my go to of chips and cheese.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one of our favorite things we found one of our favorite things we found was a like a, a it's a vegan cheese type dip, but it, it's kind of like a combination. The, they called it a fiesta dip. Or fiesta something. dip. It's got it's chickpeas. And it's it's got that that really nice nacho cheesy flavor, but I feel great afterwards because it's kind of like a hummus that tastes like my Frito Lay, my, my old old standard. Wait, so you
1: like you like the Frito Lay, the bean dip, and then the cheese dip.
0: Now it's just one. Dip. And so
1: it's kind of yeah, it is sort of in a way a combination of those.
0: And it doesn't coagulate.
1: But if I'm sitting there trying to think of, I don't know, is this my you know replacement for the the bean dip or the cheese dip? No, then you're I disappointed. mean you're disappointed, but. When you're just like, hmm, what is this? This is delicious. And we really enjoy it.
0: So friends, you're wondering, oh, <laughs> we're just going to talk about what Jeff and Stacy ate. No, we want to apply this to things. We're just kind of catching you up, friends, on where we're at and what we're up to. Stacy, how would you explain why we decided to do this?
1: Well, I mean, first and foremost, your recent experience with gout. Yes. And basically, I, and so Jeff does not complain when he, when his body is hurting him or whatever, he just keeps, he just keeps, you know, going through or whatever. And when I knew that he really couldn't walk, (laughs) then it's like, okay, something, you know, is, is wrong here because you tried to tough it out for a couple of days. And then suddenly it was kind of like, you couldn't sleep at night. I mean, I could anyway. So then we went to the doctors and then found out, okay, gout. So what do you need to do? You need to, well, first of all, the research on it is all over the place and what you should or shouldn't Yeah, it was really was, hard to figure really out. That was really hard for you to figure out. And a lot of
0: these things, to be fair, that I'm eating now in this uh, kind of more ve- vegan world also have purines that affect the gout. But I haven't had the flare-up because I also cut out the beer. And to some extent, wine will have a little bit of wine. But the beer has this brewer's yeast, right? And the brewer's yeast is is a trigger. But and also, plus also just the, the, my body working to process yeah. all that alcohol.
1: Yeah, but you also started eating cherries and cherry juice, oh, yeah. which actually does it. It actually it, what what do you call it? Eats it up or attacks yeah, the purines? It, it like it it, counteracts it, it. Yeah, it actually.
0: And the needs other to go thing away. that counteracts it is kombucha.
1: Mm, yeah. That's so right. there are
0: some people who've experienced at least anecdotally, and there's some peer reviewed research that I found that does suggest that there are some yeasts that are not going to hurt you, but actually help you. And a colleague at the university, I'm trying to convince her to help me uh, uh, with yeast. She's an, a yeast expert, and she does um, the genetic manipulation of things. So there's a there's a a lot of promising research into a specific strain of yeast that attacks the purines. But the the key for me is not any kind of righteous attitude. It's not about looking good necessarily it's about really being intentional and aware of what i'm eating mm-hmm. because this is part of the spirituality that the Tao Te jing talks about but not just there all healthy spiritualities tend to address what we're putting into our bodies it then becomes religious and then it becomes a burden mm-hmm. you know we're not you know poor mormons can't have coffee you know um i you know uh it, our Muslim friends can't have bacon. You know, there's these things that seem to be deprivations. And so when I was thinking about it during Lent, when I got gout, it was through <laughs> Lent. Because I said I was going to, for one period of time, for 40 days, I wasn't going to eat, I wasn't going to eat red meat. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to drink too much. <laughs> what I had was some <laughs> IPAs that really actually hurt me more than helped me. Really heavy-duty IPAs because that slowed me down. But that's when I really got actually into eating tons and tons of meat, just piles of meat, some French fries, and some IPAs. (laughs) And I don't know how that got off track. It was a really busy semester, really hectic, lots of stress. And I was using piles of meat, chicken wings that I love, the pterodactyl wings down at uh, Mutt Lynch's, and big old schooners of beer. And I just started getting into that flow kind of to deal with anxieties, dealing with anxieties through alcohol. I don't have a drinking problem in that I'm not blacking out, I'm not not getting up to work, but whenever I start to feel debilitating anxiety, instead of facing the anxiety, I eat and drink to make it go away. So, in the in the wake of my gout, the gout being a wake-up call and and baby, you've helped me with this in your yoga teaching to be able to pay attention to your body, listen to it. So I'm listening to my body and it's yelling at me, whatever (laughs) I was doing. It was
1: screaming, yes.
0: (laughs) And so we did not set out. I mean, we've always always been interested in, we've always been interested in eating more heavily plant-based foods, more raw, healthy, um, unprocessed foods. And for periods of time, we'll do that. And Mm -hmm. we've done it with the kids a lot of times during Lent, just because we have so much fun finding creative recipes. Our daughter-in-law-to-be is is uh, has been vegetarian as long as we've known her. And so, you know, and sometimes in solidarity, we learn some, right. some stuff to make, you know. Mm-hmm. But I always thought of it. It was always difficult. And the reason I couldn't do it for, for Lent is because I saw it as this burden or this chore that was heavy that I had to carry. And when I just... Had to, I, I it wasn't well, even a question. It, so, I had to start eating fresh. Right. So
1: you started looking, you're my, like, what my. are some of the things that I could eat? And then you're like, wait a minute. What about some you know, what are some recipes that include some of these things? And it literally opened up a whole new world yes. of food to you.
0: I mean, I love olives. I mean, olives are great, you know, and then so you got, you got your olives, you got your chickpeas, you got your you got your beautiful beans, and,
1: jackfruit, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, just doing the, all this stuff. Falafel.
0: And then there was a place near the the float lounge. You know, your hippie friends, Jeff and Stacy, every once in a while go to a little place uh, that's that <laughs> we, we float in Epsom salt water. And I was feeling so groovy. I didn't want to eat something heavy and burdensome. And there was a vegan taco place. So we popped into that. And I said, wait a minute. This is more fun because they have to focus on all the beautiful ingredients and the fresh ingredients and the flavor. And so we we, we decided that at least for the summer, we're going to try out this experiment in in just seeking out, you know, farms – that are doing agriculture sustainably with interesting practices. We're going to seek out people that are really lovingly concerned with the products that they, that they make and, and sharing it with us. And we're going to go to vegan restaurants because that's where we're going to find people that take it seriously rather than here's a Caesar salad. with
1: Right. With vegan you can go to a dressing. restaurant and do the vegan options, but that's not quite usually those options are not what I'm usually talking about. There could be a place and I'm not, you know there might be a place that can totally have some fun experimentation with some good vegan items and
0: with and one great example of that is all mm.
1: where we mm-hmm. started
0: our whole you know kind of trek up up the coast, all in San Clemente mm-hmm. a place we've been before, but we flipped over the menu and saw there was a full vegan menu, and it was good and they they honored it it wasn't like just they had two options that were kind of
1: right. here's
0: some tofu on our otherwise you know <laughs> yeah boring thing you know and so and so in this we we've been able to have better conversations with people, and I'll tell you this: I feel alive, I feel alert, I feel aware. A lot of that has to do with the fact that part of this is we just said we're not bringing booze on our trip because sometimes we're just not as productive because you can sit outside under the beautiful sky and you find yourself four beers in
1: <laughs> that's
0: that's the, the kind of the practice that we had growing up with your family going out to the river. And just hanging out by the beach and it's so hot, you're just kind of drinking the light beers all day. So that's kind of like a pattern that we had established. Well, when we're living in our R V, it's really easy to just do that. Yeah, too I think you're often. in
1: vacation mode, right? <laughs> so but, all of a
0: sudden we're getting stuff done all the time and just feeling bright and alert and I'm yes. losing weight all
1: of a sudden. And it's so it's getting so much easier to wake up in the morning and I feel refreshed and And when
0: I'm eating a cherry, I'm just delighted because my mouth is just like just noticing all of it, and that's what it's about. This is like zazen in in, in Buddhist practice. It's 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 not some fancy, complicated mysticism. It's just being aware right. of what you're doing and the ways in which what you're doing is actually counterproductive to your well being. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and so that's where we're at. May I mention one other thing about this this uh, trip so far uh-huh. uh, as we've come up. As we went up the coast, we met a couple wonderful students from Concordia uh, Milan and, uh, and, and Aaron. Aaron, when we were, we were hanging out, uh, and we were going to go to one place and then that was closed. So we, we just went down the road. This is on West Adams in Los Angeles. And I, I, highly recommend it by the way, friends, we, uh, we are very glad if you, if you're into a sustainable product that you would like to advertise on the show, feel free. We'd love to uh, get a sponsor from you, a sponsorship from you, but, uh, everything that we're mentioning is just our reviews and experiences for your benefit, in case you're in the area driving through or if you want to just kind of hear our reflections on things, we are not in any way compensated for these things is from the bottom of our heart. Mm-hmm. Our love just fell in love with Open Face Modern Danish Sandwich Shop on 5577 West Adams in Los Angeles. And what was so great about it is, first of all, it was kind of our transition over because it it's not an all-vegan place. Right. But it's kind of that farm-to-table thing, and, and uh, the proprietors, uh, husband and wife, they, they work very closely with their farmers, and one of the things that happened during the COVID shutdown is their relationships with their farmers were, um, were such that they realized that these guys and gals were in, in trouble because they had a lot of produce that was going to go to waste.
1: Right. So just because people, the restaurants aren't buying their their produce and things doesn't mean that their farms aren't still producing it. And then what do you do with all that, right?
0: So this took me to my favorite new <laughs> booze substitute, where I put a little bit of uh, Topo Chico uh, into, mm-hmm. a, into a cup, and then I throw on the condensed version of shrubs. I, I don't know. Is this a hipster thing that I missed? I don't know what's going on. But... But uh, I was introduced to shrubs at this wonderful place, and these are these uh, tart and refreshing sipping vinegars that have this amazing history going back to you know the maritime days in the 16th century as sailors would want to go out and have their fruit so they don't get scurvy, but it's got vinegar in it, so it's kind of like pickling your fruits. So that you that doesn't go bad. We're yes. actually sitting here. Our our orange juice is starting to bubble. I'm still drinking it because it's you know I'm out of booze, so we didn't bring booze. So now I'm drinking the orange juice because it's mildly fermented now and it <laughs> tastes fine. I felt like I got a little buzz. You know my tolerance is down. You know just a
1: few days. That's funny.
0: Um, but we got we got uh, Fuji apples uh, from Temecula that you know that, that taste like uh, apple pie. Go if you're yeah, in the L.A. And so, area, go check this out.
1: You know the vinegar part for me. Concern me a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've cleaned with vinegar sometimes, like cooked with vinegar. And I personally, like, I don't know, maybe I'm, you know, they're in the, uh, maybe vinegar. I'm t- thinking more You're like Confucius. Buddha and <laughs> Confucius or something on this. But, um, and, and yet these are delicious drinks. And, and yeah. I, so I would not, you know, I, I mean, there's a, a little bit of a flavor Slight hint that you can kind of say, "Oh, I guess maybe this came from vinegar, but it, it, vinegar is not the way." It's to got a little, It's this. got a tartness. It's yeah. kind of
0: like kombucha or mm-hmm. something, and and I like it. And the reason I like it is because if I put it, if I put it in a little bit of a higher concentration with my bubbly water on a, on ice, I mean, you certainly could throw on a little bit of uh, white rum, vodka, white tequila. I think it would be really, really good with the orange one that we got. But for me, I drink my iced tea five cups in an hour easily and this just slows me down and so i have i have this kind of nervous habit of drinking coffee all morning and then booze at night just because i just like to have something and water sometimes is boring to me (laughs) so this i throw a little bit of that in the water and i'm just feeling great well and you you
1: love you love flavor and you love to constantly be stimulated with different sort of flavors and things so
0: that's why i like whiskey just because it burns my, (laughs) my tongue but then all of a sudden it can catch up to me you know i don't like that so it's. I just been feeling great. Don't we? We don't wake up with uh, any, uh, you know, grogginess. You know. Yeah. So, that's that's kind of so far our, so, our journey along uh, the way.
1: Yeah, and, and a couple other things I'd like to add. Um, one is that you know sometimes like with, so definitely the open you know the open, open face open modern face
0: Danish shop
1: table. You know that one as we said is open
0: face modern Danish sandwich shop. You don't want to be going looking for Danishes, for
1: instance. <laughs> yeah, and that one you know, is, is definitely not a, a vegan restaurant. But, but, but it's all of it was very is was all quality. And yeah. and what and all these places that we're trying, the the vegan places and, and you know and all these so I think what I'm definitely learning is well one um you get what you pay for and actually a lot of yeah. times you aren't I will say you aren't getting what you pay for in right. that. I am not seeing the prices just skyrocket for some of these healthier places compared to what I yeah. think it should be at based the grocery on grocery store. At
0: the grocery store, a lot of these fruits and vegetables are going to be expensive. We sometimes have to get them in a larger quantity that we can use, and then they go bad. Mm-hmm. So somebody having all the beautiful vegetables there on the on the sandwich, for instance. Compare that to you know, just grinding out some, uh, some roast beef onto a, onto a, a bun with maybe some, some sauerkraut. That's, that's not the good sauerkraut. You might still be paying 15 bucks. For right. That, that's my know? point. And, yeah. and, and sometimes expensive.
1: I was, I would be tempted to look at, you know, what sort of deals are there at happy, happy hour and finding that most of the, the happy hour discounted food are usually, Like sort of like your fried foods, your, you know, your onion rings, your nachos and all these other things. And
0: so we're saving money.
1: And I found since, you know, with even, you know, eating healthier that even when I do have an onion ring or something like that, like even just like these crispy onions, I think we're kind of like you know upsetting my stomach a little bit and and it wasn't in a bad way but just sort of like oh i feel the gurgling i you feel you could tell the
0: difference between yeah. what it's like to be alert and have that freshness
1: yeah and so i realized that you know the so called you know discounts with the you know the with the buffalo wings and some of those things um that it's definitely taking a toll on my body you know whether i realize it or not and of course like you yeah know, not, it's not healthy food a lot of times when it's all right. the fried, greasy <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, but so, what I, I am realizing that, you know, like I said, that sometimes we're not even getting what we're paying for when we're paying for some of that stuff. But definitely, it's worth every penny when you feel good, you know, after. The, the one thing I will mention that I have found odd, and, and you can explain this a little bit more because you've heard about this phenomenon a little bit more, is. I have noticed that I can feel really full with, like, say, my Mediterranean bowl that I had at you know, a vegan restaurant, at Vibe and yes. Dana Point. Dana Point—that was a really good place, by the way. I highly recommend it. Um, and I loved every second of it. I felt super full. But then there was like this, a little bit of like, I would, don't know how to describe it, but like a hole in my stomach. A little emptiness, a little vacuum. Yeah, a little emptiness.
0: (laughs) A steak-shaped hole.
1: And (laughs) I haven't like researched it, but I do feel like there is something where my body is saying, you're full, but where is that meat I'm looking for? or Are we in trouble here? Should (laughs) we be panicking? Other thing, you know, because there's there's something here, you, you know, you haven't quite given me yet. And so then there's a temptation for me to like, you know, maybe look for something else to snack on just to find out, no, I am full, so just stop, you know.
0: Interestingly, this, I think, illustrates the point, that place that place Vibe was uh, where we picked up some food to take to my mom and dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who live in Dana Point, and we want to say goodbye to them before we went on our long journey. And we took that over, and, and my dad said, hey, uh, this opened up a whole new world to me. Yes. He's really stoked about it. And this helps me to illustrate something about religion, and the morality of your religion, right? Last season we were talking about how to raise your kids and, and and pass on these values to them, and we were saying if you use fear of punishment and hope of reward, it's very difficult to get them to see what you see. The only way to get people to really see the blessings of the way of life that you've discovered to be valuable and healthy and true is to romance people into it, right? Um, it is to show them through flourishing, show them through your happiness, through the vibrance of life lived according to goodness, truth, and beauty, that you can win people over. But when you're doing it through nagging, dogmatism, barking at them, it never works. Mm-hmm. Well, my pop was in the same boat as, as me, and uh, and he was kind of saying, you know, like, he'll, he'll try, he'll go on these these moments where he's just going to eat, you know, maybe vegetables and sushi, you know, like, and but it's hard because it's it's this thing that you you're not doing mm-hmm. right so i'm not doing these bad things right
1: any diet you know yeah
0: diets I, are horrible i
1: hate cuz i when i tell myself that i'm going to stop something or that i'm going to diet yeah. or whatever not do that not do it Don't i eat that. find myself they totally concentrating on that and it's really hard for me to not do it. In fact, it, the urge gets stronger. <laughs> yeah. And I'm usually unsuccessful if that is the way that I approach it.
0: Now, church people, here's your you know, here's your analogy. If you think about vegans and you're not a vegan, I bet you have really nasty thoughts about vegans and I would think that uh, you're not all that uh, off base in the sense. I've been, you know, following some some vegans on Instagram and sometimes they're a little preachy. Sometimes they remind me a lot of evangelicals who say don't be having promiscuous sex.
1: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If you go back
0: to my book Sexy, what I was trying to do there is to say, you know, hey, parents and churches, what if you change the the nature of the conversation and and instead of saying don't have that kind of fun out there, but you romance people into the idea of commitment, love, understanding, mutuality, knowing each other in a sexual relationship as opposed to uh, treating each other as as kind of objects for your gratification. It's, it's like that that spirit of sexy is kind of similar to the spirit of veganism uh, if it's... If it's uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, my opposition to veganism in that veganism reminds me of purity culture because just like Dave Zoll mm-hmm. talks about with with his book, Seculosity, people are kind of religious by nature and often religious in the bad way. We use guilt to motivate our food <laughs> mm-hmm, intake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't work. Guilt is not a very great way to enjoy your food. It's not a great way to think about sex. You know, right. You're guilty that you're not having enough sex, so you're going to have sex as an obligation. No. Not that much fun. <laughs> you know?
1: It's not, um, not going to work. You, you,
0: you don't, don't, don't be uh, turned on by somebody that's bad. God doesn't want you to be turned on by somebody. Like that kind of thinking is totally counterproductive, right. right? But trying real love usually works. Trying real food, I think works. So my dad had this beautiful Mediterranean bowl that had the chickpea patties on it. And, and just, it was a delightful, rich, and there was just so many different flavors in it. My dad loves it. Now he's going to go back to it, whether or not he commits to a vegan lifestyle,
1: no, he just said it. Just it opens up a whole new world of flavors, and he said he's tried veganism before, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> talk about
0: that on another show. There's okay, some other things. He's, he's been in some cults that are worse than vegan, <laughs> actual cults with dietary restrictions. But also, you know, like, well, I, I will say, uh, my family went to see Moby, but he wasn't doing a concert. He was talking about veganism. Well, I had been given some tickets for. For me to go see Moby talking about this, he was, there was going to be a panel and some lectures, and I asked my family if they wanted to take them. So they went, and Moby kind of uh, shot down doctors and things by saying, well, "You don't need meat; you need lentils." But he did it in such a bossy, mm. negative, angry way that my my family went away saying, "I don't need that. Yeah, I don't need that world." Right. So it was by tasting and seeing that the food is good that that they thought this might be something to incorporate into their diet. Just like I would say if you're interested in spirituality, taste and see that the holy is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And if it doesn't taste that way, then maybe you're eating something that's off.
1: Right, right, <laughs> you right. know,
0: You know, take a little sniff of that, uh, that uh, milk or whatever. So, so this really is a continuation of our conversation about cults and religion and stuff, but now it's in this more tangible manifestation Uh, In in terms of uh, food, Mm -hmm. you know, I will say just so that when when people want to come back to it, I'm going to point them back to this episode just so that we're all clear on what I'm talking about. I also consider it not just a good, but really something for all vegans to consider, uh, really incorporating oysters. Now, we're going to research it. I'm going to do another show. But one of the things I like about oysters, it's really nutrient rich. Oysters don't have brains. (laughs) And so I think like, you know, when you think about religion, I think about like, Roman Catholics and some conservative Lutherans are against birth control of any kind, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe the sentiment's really good because they love life. That's really good. So vegans love life. And I like that. I like that they love life. I like that they don't love cows being tormented before they're executed. I'm glad that that that's a good sentiment. And I'm glad that Catholics don't like unborn babies um, to be feeling any pain. I I like that. I like even just the very sanctity of the, of the beauty of, of life in general. But I also think, you know, think about Sydney, our, our future daughter-in-law, where we accidentally left some tofu underneath uh, some things in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. and we had to throw it away. And she felt bad about it. And she kind of gave it a little funeral in the trash. In, in, just in the way of saying, there was this life that we squandered. You know, yeah. so there was a there was a sensitivity to that, and we don't want to do it. And I I also recognize that there are a lot of people who almost are proud that they don't have any compassion for animals. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's very healthy either, right? Right. But I will say that on this trip, a couple things we're gonna be looking at is we're gonna look at. I'm personally gonna say I'm vegan plus oysters and anything that I can I can take myself. So theoretically, if I oh,
1: so because we're gonna go crabbing, hunt for it, yeah, for and, and crabs, stuff. right? Yeah.
0: If I can hunt it and I can take it. I find this to be, in in, you know, Lao Tzu's sense, very natural because animals eat other animals, and humans are meant to be herbivore, are are meant to be uh, omnivores. Mm -hmm. And I think this is indisputable. Although some vegans, you know, will dispute it, I would say that that's just like my book, "Sexy." Just because we're built for promiscuity doesn't mean that monogamy is a bad idea. Right. Um, Just because we're, you know, insatiably attracted to sugary things, salty things, and fatty things. Doesn't mean that that's what we should be consuming, especially if it's harmful to the well-being of of the environment or animals or just you know right. society in general. And so and so, uh, but I think that if more people could get behind that, then you can get people to be vegan-ish. That's going to be good for a whole whole right. source of and a whole bunch of stuff. We're
1: also going to be looking into visiting a slaughterhouse.
0: If you. Know of anybody from basically San Diego up to up to the Olympic Peninsula that has what you believe to be an ethical and sustainable uh, slaughterhouse slaughter uh, facility? We we are kind of committed to
1: at least starting with that one.
0: Well, we're going to see it <laughs> <That> because <guy. laughs> if I ever incorporate uh, mammals back into my diet, uh, I I really at, at, at any rate even like at a at a farm that I say hey this this is an ethical farm then I, I want to be able to come to terms with what that means. Right. I, I do this when I fish. I kill my fish, and I kill it with compassion, and I do it quickly, and I do it the best I can. And I know what I'm, what I'm doing. I'm feeding the dog on this trip. We'll get to this in a second, the fish. But um, on top of her, her kibble to kind of supplement this. Um, but there are certainly some fishing practices that are actually worse than even eating, say, chicken because of the depletion of, of you know, the, the fisheries. But, uh, but oysters, no, oysters are great. clarifies the water. They're like a filtration system. They pack a lot of punch. And sometimes something like that what vegans, I think, should consider is that sometimes there are, there's a nutrient-dense food yeah. that is actually better for the environment than fields and fields of soy, for instance. Well, and you, you know. were
1: looking up with oysters, and like, they don't have brains. They don't, they you know, don't have so brains.
0: Sure. They cure, purify the water. And even um, one of the concerns was a lot of the places where they do the oyster farms are near you know bird estuaries and things. And they were worried that maybe rare birds were going to be affected. You know, we love bird watching Yes. so we don't want to hurt birds with our oysters it turns out that there's maybe a one percent effect on the the populations but it's better than than you know clearing out a forest and having everything be corn you know i saw that in guatemala and honduras where the bird populations were affected by monocultures in certain areas you know um may i say something about the dog because this is funny oh sure so just for fun I wanted to see if, if you know old benders would would kind of come along for the ride even just in some <laughs> small way, um, and so I ordered up some vegan kibble which was like seventy five bucks for a big bag not the cheapest you know vegan kibble and uh, which
1: uh, she does not have she's not a to she's not a huge that fan she'll, of that. She'll, pick, so I, she'll pick that one out of her bowl
0: <laughs> I will put stuff on top of it and maybe she'll pick up a little bit maybe we mix that in just to kind of you know reduce. Um, (laughs) and then, but the one thing she loves is the canned, yes, the canned vegan uh, food. So, so we, we then have now a plan where we have, like you say, you know, duck and salmon, um, in, in a uh, food in the bowl. And then I put the wet food on top, which is vegetables, you know, but like chickpeas and stuff and and peas and and it's healthy, but it's all plant-based. She loves that and her poop. Just fine. It doesn't yeah. smell as bad. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Our poop doesn't smell as bad. Right. Nelson, right.
1: That's true. Stacy
0: they think their shit doesn't stink. Well, uh, it doesn't smell great, but it smells better
1: than it did before. It, <laughs> yeah, it has definitely and we know
0: because we're in you know, we're in the R V cam- and so yeah, we gotta camper you know, truck. we're we, very we, well aware.
1: We can smell it very easily when it's not
0: Alan Watts, not the good. uh the uh the scholar of, of Buddhism and Taoism, uh once said that he went to a, a A Buddhist temple in Japan, and he noticed that the outhouses smelled like outhouses, but not as offensive. It just wasn't that bad. And he thought, what are they doing? You know, like, what are they eating differently? And of course, that's part of what, you know, a lot of these Zen monks were all about was to be just at that state where you're 80% full. You don't want to get heavy, you want to be Mm -hmm. able to be alert and aware, you know, and you're very mindful of what you're eating and that sort of thing. Well, but the thing for binders is binders is meant... Benders is meant to eat animals. Yes. But dogs, unlike wolves, are also omnivores. So we can kind of mix it in. And I think that so many people aren't able to explore ethical ways of living or even healthier ways of living because they see it as all or nothing. And uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, you know, hey, we got to start thinking about this idea of the, the implicated resistance. Yeah, you're wearing shoes that are made by child workers in Indonesia. You can't afford... $400 $400 hipster shoes we get it this is the complication of the life we're in that doesn't mean that we can't work to kind of wean ourselves off that if you don't give yourself the ability if you don't give your friends and family the ability to wean off of stuff then they're never going to come around to well, the way and, of thinking
1: yeah and that's the other thing I was going to say is that one of the things that strikes me as we're back on the road again and we're constantly in new places and we're new to you know even going to these vegan restaurants and yeah. things and 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 fortunately, at the restaurants, I haven't really had too much of a problem. But as with anything, when it's new, whether it's a new campsite, whether it's a new store, a new restaurant, a new anything, I can't stress enough how nice it is when those people are hospitable to yes. newcomers. They will, when they stop and maybe explain something when you need to yes. know what's going on and not just assume that you know everything. I mean, there's sometimes when we go into these places and not only, you know, just like, campsite or whatever. And not only are they, they, they just, they get mad when you do it wrong, right. when you're just doing the best you can from the instructions that it says, right. you know? And so all I will say is that, you know, in life, that's a good reminder, you know, whether it's, you know, at your church or wherever your place of employment is. And if you ever yes. deal with people coming through, I know we all know our systems and how things work or, you know, or when people come into our houses, we know, we know our flow, (laughs) you know, but not everybody else knows your flow or the flow of your town or city or whatever. And especially if you see over the summer, maybe now with more people traveling and you see somebody and they look a little lost, maybe just, Hey, you know, just yeah. extend a nice little can I help you? You know, are you, you know, is there are you lost or
0: Cuz I'll tell you the spiritual sickness right now in at least this country is pretty palpable. There's a lot of people that are angry. Yeah. And frustrated and you know, when we when we were driving up the coast, the very first night, we were coming up and we Kind of had to blast out of the the blast radius, <laughs> which was Huntington downtown. <laughs> is this thing called Adrian's party? All of a sudden, started going, and the place just got packed. You know, a lot of a lot of just frustrated. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's people being in high schools where they didn't. You know get to get to see their friends well, and people I think gathered in and it, it just got there's a
1: lot of energy rowdy. there in Huntington too things
0: were oh, yeah, you know there quite a few protests <laughs> and things like that
1: there's just a lot of it gets of, heavy yeah.
0: it's a it's a hard but we like it cuz i like i like to i like the energy is like like i like being near it like i like going to see the lions you know at the zoo
1: or sometimes Scary. like you like to drink vinegar or i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: <Yeah>. well <clears throat> so we we hi- you know we 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 moved into a residential area we parked our RV on the outskirts
1: there of still kind of some of that action where I guess when people were trying to hightail it out of that area as fast as they could, like there was just cops just like flying by, yeah. and then there was a just this big weird big bang all of a sudden. Yeah. We just hear this big crash and we're like. That is not good.
0: I thought somebody had smashed into our truck before we even got started. Yes. Fortunately, it wasn't us. Unfortunately, they were okay. Yes. But they, they smashed up right in the middle of that intersection. Right
1: close to where we were. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, a cop just comes around and... Basically, speeds around and navigates through that accident. A head on collision. Right. Like, See ya, kids. Going super fast and never even stopping. Didn't never even think about it. Nothing because it just,
0: people were throwing firecrackers into the <laughs> into the it crowd. Was, it was
1: nuts. You know, we people could, were
0: tearing. We down just stuff. the whole
1: night. We just heard sirens and, and all all kinds of just you know loud speeding and it was crazy. Mm. Yeah. So. It was nice when we finally were able to get out a little bit, and now we're in this nice remote area.
0: So anyway, that's that's been where we were. I mean, it's only been a few days, and that's, you know, that's been a lot of action. We've been having a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and so we'll keep checking in, and you'll get updates, al- you know, along the way and some lessons that we're learning as we continue. Well... Friends, I think we should stop here. Jeff and I are definitely uh, loquacious and we can go on forever. And we also um, definitely, most of the stuff I have on my list here, I think will follow into our other episodes. So in the meantime, uh, because we'll be, you know, we'll still be checking in with you regularly along our trip and the lessons that we've learned. But in the meantime, I do hope that whatever you're drinking, whatever you're eating, that here's here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Peace upon peace. Peace (laughs) upon peace. And rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends.
0: But he said that wasn't any leather. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind.
1: Why? Why?
0: That's because you found this letter low too much.
1: Hey there, friends. In our travels across the U.S., we have found a website that we absolutely love. It's called Harvest House. Could you imagine camping overnight in a vineyard, distillery, brewery, or a golf course all to yourself? We've been doing it, and it is absolutely magical. If you go to our website, protectyournoggin.org, you'll find a link where you can sign up and get 15% discount on the annual fee. We think it'll put a smile on your face, and you can help support the podcast at the same time. All you need is an RV or camper with a toilet and cooking facilities, and you can stay all around the country for free. We hope you dig it as much as we do. Check it out.